0: I think I'm having an art attack. What's up, everybody? And welcome to another episode of Art Attack with your host, myself, Justin Bua, and art historian extraordinaire, Lizzie. (laughs) Just ten. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Dastine. Sorry. Dastin. Dastine. Lizzie Dastin.
1: Yeah, that's
0: it. Lizzie Dastin, <laughs> art historian, professor of art, smarty pants, know it all and humble and has never cursed uh, in her life. I think up until this, uh, never actually, uh, still to this day. And I could tell because you are, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree when you meet her mom. They just don't curse. And my daughter's starting to curse and it's. Really disturbing. Anyway, <laughs> uh, today we have an amazing guest who's also a great friend of Lizzie, Thrashbird, who I know his work. I've known of him, but usually he's wearing a scarf. But today it's like meeting Banksy. He's like in the studio, <laughs> scarfless, no hoodie. He's, he's here in the flesh, and it's really cool to the have. man
1: behind the mask.
0: Yeah. So why don't you give, before he gets on the mic, why don't you talk a little bit about him because you know his story.
1: I do, and I'm so excited to get to have Thrash on the show. He's somebody that I have admired for years and years, and as I've gotten to know him better, I've just appreciated his work and his activism more and more. So you may know him for his clone, who's this little figure who is shrouded in a hoodie and body is kind of slumped over and texting, and that was Thrash's initial... Introduction, really, to the streets of L.A., and it introduces his commentary on technology and our oversaturation of these things that I think distill our actual connections with people. And as the clone is so entranced by his digital technology, he's completely oblivious to the world around him. But Thrash has gone on to do these incredible billboard takeovers that require such creativity because he doesn't just tag his name, he actually subverts the language of the advertisement to accommodate whatever message he's trying to express. And he does desert takeovers where he goes to remote spots and he'll see a rock or an abandoned silo. And then he will, again, creatively with his design, totally transform it into a designer bag or a turtle. And so I really see so much diversity within his work that I admire but more to the point, authenticity, that who he is as a person is exactly aligned with the work that he makes. So welcome, Thrash.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for those kind words. Um, It's great to meet you, Justin. I'm uh, excited to be here. Thank you guys so much for having me um, on the episode.
1: Yeah. So when... When I talk about you being an authentic artist, I think that could be maybe an interesting way to start this conversation because so many street artists, a word that you've taught me, are, um, they're hobbyists, and I don't think that you or are fake. one. Or fake, exactly. Frauds. So, do you have any kind of comments on that? <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, I mean, it really comes down to your interpretation of what authenticity means, right? So I guess for me what it means is... Whatever you say in public, you should probably act that in private,
0: and and get, in public as can well. Can you give an example of that?
2: Um, yeah. Well, you know, so if, let's say you you're 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 a street artist, um, and you're based in you, you base your work in politics and political commentary and social commentary. I feel to be authentic, if you are going to capitalize on issues that are coming out, you know, in the media or culturally that you probably should if you're going to call someone out, if you're going to call something out, then you probably should live that. You shouldn't be doing that in your own personal life. You should definitely take a look at that. And if you are, you know, rectify that and live better. But I see a lot of opportunism <laughs> And so what I mean by opportunism is essentially cashing in on whatever is the topic of the day. Mm-hmm. So let's say, for example, um, Melania Trump wears a shirt that everyone finds offensive and someone cashes in on that um, Actually no that's a bad example. Let's let's still use Melania Trump, but let's say <laughs>
0: Always a good example yeah. Melania Trump.
2: <laughs> you know what? No, we're not going to use Melania Trump. Let's I'm going to go Me back too, to this way. Me no, too I I maybe? yeah, yeah. So if you're going to cash in on the Me Too movement, you're going to do some some piece of street art that's calling some celebrity out or something like that specifically, or if you're just going to make a comment on that, you shouldn't be guilty of Me Too. And if you are, you need to take a look at that. But if you continue to be guilty of it, then I find you you inauthentic and I find you to be a fraud because essentially you're just opportunistically cashing in to build your own brand, to build your own name.
1: Now, I agree with that. And where is your responsibility in being transparent with the knowledge that you have that certain people are inauthentic? Well, that's an interesting
2: one because I remain anonymous for the most part. So it could be very easy for me to hide everything behind that mask, hide my actual real life behavior behind that. And I feel like that's what a lot of artists do out there. Specifically, I'm not going to name names, but I'm just going to... You can name names. Okay.
0: <laughs> Why not? <I> mean, Jesus, <laughs> well, we're it'll here. We have
2: definitely a very controversial episode and probably create quite the stir and the L.A. scene. So it's um, an
0: opinion. It's an opinion. It's all good. Uh,
2: well, you know, there's a... Oh, man, this is tough. There's a couple artists out there that everybody knows um, who have cashed in on Me Too. And I know for a fact that both of these guys are guilty of it to this day. And they are not 16, 17-year-old kids that haven't learned the appropriate ways to act around women yet or men, they're not even in their mid twenties and still kind of haven't learned maybe college, you know, they just got out, whatever. Now we're talking about 50 year old men that still operate like 16 year old boys. And these are artists that have on multiple occasions done artwork about the Me Too movement. And to the outside world, because there's no transparency there, they think these guys are angels for this work, right? But the reality is they are as guilty of it as anybody who's lost everything in their life, like Harvey Weinstein, uh, which one of them did a piece on Harvey Weinstein last year.
0: Or... Who is this person?
2: <laughs> I'm not gonna name names. I'm just gonna people can investigate. Yeah, and but figure they're, it out but for they themselves. are street
0: artists. No, oh, yeah,
2: yeah there's street artists. But I have a question
1: artists. about that, about not naming names, because when I and I totally because I don't want to deal it's...
0: with the I don't want to
2: deal with the fallout. Really, I mean, I really wish I could because I feel like I should be able to do that. But I feel like it's gonna have a lot of repercussions for me, which is ironic because that's what the whole Me Too movement is about. Is about speaking out.
1: Right. And so there is a lot of hypocrisy in that. But when I asked about your responsibility, of course, one side of that question is how are you as a person responsible for the messages that you as a public figure convey? But then the other side of that is if you know that somebody is being hypocritical in his or her own personal behavior, is it your responsibility to call that person out? Because viewers don't know.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to, to navigate that right now. My... Heart and gut are telling me to out these fuckers.
0: Well, it's kind of... but I think you already did by virtue of the fact that you said they did a Harvey Weinstein piece. Yeah. So I don't know who the fuck that is, but I'm about <laughs> to Google that I shit. You'll we'll figure it out. Well, You'll figure it? it out.
1: It, I'm in the same position that he's in. No. And then the and I'll other tell you person, the other it,
2: one. The, the other one who's <laughs> the other really one did guilty the piece of on, <laughs> The other one used Melania Trump and, and, and had Me Too in the piece. And that dude... Every single woman that I know that has, has had encounters with that guy finds him inappropriate and creepy.
1: Including me. I was at one... Who are you fucking talking about? I know, about? don't because... you want to come out with us? No, he I talked do. about I'm my really, I really You might as well like, say it because, because anyone's going to Google thing, it and though. figure it out here's
2: anyway, the Kevin. thing is, there is no transparency and you can do whatever you want on social media. You can say whatever you want, right? And no one's but saying it's I, just not a but, fact. But the thing is, 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 and I have discrepancies in my past and I've been talking to my manager and I've been talking to some people cuz there are things that happened when I was a teenager and you know I don't like I mean the I guess what I'm trying to say is like everybody has you learn as you as you grow up but once you hit a certain age and obviously I'm just going to go tangential um if it's as inappropriate or um, let's say criminal as, uh, the accusations to get against Brett Kavanaugh. That's a whole different story. I don't give a shit if you're 17 years old, man, you put your hand over someone and you're, you're trapping them in a room. That's criminal behavior. You know, I'm talking more about like, there's this whole thing when you're a kid, when you're a teenager and you're trying to get laid, and you're trying to lose your virginity. Like, you know, you, you get drunk at parties or you, you know, like you, you may be You start feeling a girl up, and then she says no, and then you try again, and she says no, or pushes your hand away. As a kid, you there's no one telling you what's appropriate because sex education is virtually non-existent in America, and parents don't talk about it. So kids learn from each other, and there's nobody telling them what's appropriate behavior. Vice News actually just did a segment or just did a, a whole episode of Vice on this. And the kids they interviewed, it was brilliant because they just said, they're like, no one's there to tell us what to do. No one's telling us what's inappropriate behavior. You learn it after you get a lot older. And some people never
0: learn it. Shit, I tell my daughter exactly.
2: <laughs> but, no, but we're, you know, we're, you know. I, I have things. You know, for instance, I, I there was one episode when I was um, about 17 where um, it, there was a consensual situation between – a few different people, three. And after the fact, the person came to me and said that even though they did it and it was something that they agreed to do, it made them feel really bad afterwards. And that hit me in a way that I just like, wasn't ready for, you know, but I learned a lot from it because I was a 17 year old kid and I didn't know. And I learned from it and I apologized to her and we remained friends after that. But a lot of girls, little girls wouldn't have come to someone and said anything because they're in, they would be in fear of like becoming an outcast or getting castrated socially or whatever. Um, or just, you know, different things like that. Or people so, say
1: that they're lying. Yeah. Like the current political So when political you say, situation. when you
2: talk about transparency, what I want to do as an artist now is, um, I want to be more transparent so like the story I just told that's that's transparency, right? So for me, I'm trying to navigate this way of doing what I do and you know learning as I go as an adult and also being as transparent as I can be. But it's difficult because I can't give everything away and there's certain reasons for that because of the way that I operate as an artist.
0: Sure. And so it's, I'm
2: kind of trapped in a little bit of a weird scenario. That's there.
0: fine. Well, it's also, you know, it's doesn't need to be discussed. Obviously, you have, Lizzie, you have strong feelings. I don't know what the fuck you guys are talking about, who you're talking about. But we let us move to uh, an area of other artists that you feel that are inauthentic, because clearly there's an authenticity to your work. You live it. You breathe it. I... Yeah,
2: you know. what I do want to say is I'm not even remotely perfect, and it's it's sure. I'm constantly trying to you know progress as a human being, so I am doing my absolute best and uh, to to be better all the time. So I, you know, when I when I say that I'm authentic, there are discrepancies and there sure. are hypocrisies because we all have hypocrisies. Impossible not to. So I'm nowhere near perfect, mm-hmm. but. I'm talking about things that are, I guess, more severe when I say inauthentic than, you know, just like I buy clothes that are made in sweatshops because it's virtually impossible not to. And I can't afford fair trade clothes. And there are not a lot of options. Give me more options. So that's, I guess, a hypocrisy or whatever. But I'm mm. always just doing my best and trying to do
0: better. Okay. Uh, who out there, because the street art world now is is, is pretty muddy. I yeah. Mean, there's everybody's out there. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's rich kids from Beverly Hills. There's you know poor kids from you know my neighborhood here. Mm-hmm. There's everybody. Everybody's everybody is now a street artist. Yeah. So there, <laughs> no, but, everybody. You know you what I mean? It, it just became like it used to be a group of people who were outliers. Yeah. Uh, you know who who were just basically well in my generation like street kids and street urchins uh, who were who were graffiti writers and now the world has kind of exploded into a street art bonanza where every single person's like yeah I'm a street artist yeah I'm a street artist okay, well because cool. he gets you late at parties now sure and 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 there's there's that's fine you can be a street artist I mean anybody yeah. technically who's making art in the street can call themselves a street artist yeah but where do you think that line is drawn and who do you think has been able to capitalize on that who was not really authentic because I feel like even <laughs> uh, you know I look at guys like uh, coffee he's so good. So legit. Like, to me, I I love his work. Mac, L. Mac, so good. Yeah. So legit. Just like, damn. I look at those people like they're straight legit and everybody. And then there's people like Retina who have, you know, started on the street and made his way deep, deep into the homes of the rich and famous. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, but I mean, well, sorry, I'll let you finish. No, no, no. But he, but like somebody like that. But then I see a bunch of other people and I'm like, damn, you know, like. Where did this person come from? And But they've got a lot of shine all of a sudden. And I don't know if the the entree, like the ticket, you have to go through what a lot of the early adapters went through, like you know like for me you don't and that's sad right which is like it's almost like paying dues it's like people yeah. Will say yeah I'm from New York I'm like and I feel very protective and provincial about my New York heritage and I'm always like oh you're oh cool you're from New York like what what public school did you go to well I actually didn't go to school there but I came there after I uh, I went to work on Wall Street I'm originally from Vermont and it's like oh sh- you ain't from New York like, <laughs> you never got beat down by eight Dominicans on 137th Street and Common Avenue and stabbed not saying you have to yeah. have all all of those you know boxes checked to be a, like a real new yorker from the 80s but you know there's a certain real pride that we have from new york city because we did go through a lot so there's a camaraderie and i feel like it's the same thing with the street artists right like there's a lot of shit that the street artists go through and you don't have to be going well, through horrible <laughs> shit. Like Starfighter is a dope street artist, and she's from Venice, and she's a beautiful blonde. But she's not woman. a street artist. She's a muralist. She's a muralist. Sure. She also I, I think I guess it
1: plays the her privilege. She does. And so I think this is a really interesting avenue too. She and also Grash uses and I, a projector. Right, and but the, she's fucking dope, and I don't care that she uses a projector because just like I we've don't had care, this but conversation that goes
2: back to authenticity. If you're gonna use a projector and you're gonna market yourself okay. as a as a as a like photorealistic mural painter, then people should probably know that. Yeah, but be don't transparent know-
1: about it, I guess. But my thought is, all right, so camera obscuras—they okay. are tools to help painters with perspective. If I was given a camera obscura, my drawing would still look like a child, a childish doodle. So well, I, listened, sure. I listened to Not this whole
2: episode is... that you guys did on this. I, don't, oh, yeah. I, I like that. that's Talking true. to the,
0: to I the radio. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, because look at what Vermeer. Okay, we, Vermeer still has. Even but, though he used the camera obscura, his color choices were yeah. stunning can we, and gorgeous.
2: Because my mind moves so fast, I'll forget stuff, but I, can go. we comment, <laughs> ahead, on, yeah, can go I go comment on what you were saying Yeah, earlier? absolutely. So to go back to the whole, like, what makes somebody a street artist mm-hmm. or whatever, here's my thing, right? This is what I see a lot of right now, and you kind of said it, is uh, more or less I see a lot of people opportunistically cashing in on what I call the street art aesthetic or stuff, art that looks like street art, mm. but they have never, ever done any illegal street art in their entire life. So right. they haven't paid their dues. They haven't earned it. I feel like you should earn what you're making money off of. But okay. that's my work ethic, you know. And I was raised in the middle class or the upper middle class, but I had to work. They, my parents instilled a, a, a very Um, solid work ethic that you have to earn what you get. And Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, a lot of, some of these people, they have connections to different things, however they get their stuff elevated. If, if it's not based in where you actually do the work on the street Mm -hmm. illegally Mm and, and I'm not saying you got to do it eternally forever, but earn it for at least for a little while. And I'm not saying six months or a year, I'm talking like spend some years out there because Everybody that came before you, mm-hmm. the early, the early adopters that did this, the 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 shit that those guys and those women went through is unbelievable. And mm-hmm. for you to cash in on that, that's just, in my opinion,
0: fucked up. It's just the way it is. I understand your philosophy. It's very much like you're not going to be in the Marines without going through basic training. Exactly. I mean, you're not going to be a Navy SEAL without going through the no. H- the I'm, hell not gonna, week I'm not going. I'm not going to get on the
2: Lakers that. because my dad owns half the team and I've never played basketball or sure. you know like.
0: But there's some things that you're able to cut the line, and that's just the reality of most things. You are going to be able to, however, make a million dollars and get a great job on Wall Street because your dad. Does have connections.
2: But where does the value in an artist's work come from that is a supposed street artist if they don't have like what I don't understand what people see? Can you tell me
0: then who are a couple of people who have cut to the front of the line who haven't paid dues right now in the world?
2: This is it's just too risky, man. I could give you one name specifically that really irritates me, but if I yeah, it it just, like, I just can't do it. It's too much of a risk for me to my career because... I'll get so much backlash from it. it sucks, but I would love to, but I, I just can't do it.
1: <laughs> I know you would love to, but what I'll say, cause
2: I, I just, this is what I will say. Okay, If you are listening to this podcast, just look a little deeper into the work and the person behind it and what they project on social media and how they go about it. You can see through it. I mean, for instance, right? Like when I, I'm going to give you one example. When I moved to LA, and I started seeing Mr. Brainwash's stencils up, I looked at it and I go, that is the lamest thing I've ever seen. I can see it's hollow. I can see right through it. Mm. So for me, it was instantaneous. And I, I, as a human being, can't understand how everyone doesn't But I think they do.
0: I think everybody knows that he was kind of a creation. No, because you
2: see the followings of some of these people, of some of these artists, Mm. and they have ridiculous followings. And 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 are people, you know, they're commenting about how much they love them and all this. I'm like, do you realize how fake this stuff is? And like, where but is the? But I think that's what exit it? with the
0: exit through the gift shop. Sh- exposed. Yeah, but, but he still and sells that for made it more know, famous. I know, I know. And
2: I've actually talked to people that are collectors of mine or that follow me, and I'll ask them. I say, I noticed that you follow Mister
0: Brainwash. Mm. You know that really disturbs you.
2: Yeah, it does <laughs> yeah. it does because so, it, it's right. all a fraud. So I'm saying, how can you like how I don't understand how you like me and you like that guy. Like, where's where your brain? Thinking. I mean, what do what you think? Like, what not? What are you thinking? But like, is it the aesthetics
1: or no? I think that we are told to like Mr. Brainwash because the movie did such such great work. But and it literally he's,
0: outed him. I
1: know that. But he's cannibalizing the aesthetics of people who are also uh, yeah. in the lexicon. I don't think people care. Yeah, they don't no, care. They don't, exactly. they don't
2: that's that's they what I'm care. saying. It's people like, don't care. It's like Knowledge Bennett And I'm asking is... people to be more discerning because, you know, it It really does suck as an artist to be out there trying to be true and trying to be authentic and, and doing things, you know, for, uh, for the greater good, as I like to say. Um, and then watching these guys get paid... <laughs> You know, for doing nothing, for literally doing nothing good, and do and just like using the aesthetic, like that's that's disheartening, and honestly, it's a slap in my face. And any mm-hmm. artist who does this or has done this, who has put in work, it's a slap in our face. So but, just think about that. Okay. As so it, you named
0: it, Mr. Brainwash, yeah. but and and like I said, I think that.
2: I mean, I didn't give Alec Monopoly more credit than Mr. Brainwash. At least Alec got on rooftops and stuff. And a lot of people call him fake. I'm like, dude, that guy got up a lot for a while. Whether or not you like his stuff Mm -hmm. aesthetically Mm -hmm. or you find any value in what he does now, which I personally don't at all, Mm -hmm. I respect the fact that the dude got up for a long time in L.A. I saw his stuff for many years, and I saw up on on rooftops. Mm -hmm. I saw it everywhere.
1: But there is fakery because he had a ghost painter, Mike... Mimo um, Mike Mozart yeah. for a long time and never but identified yeah. that. So yeah. I do think. What do you that it's mean fair- a ghost painter?
0: Like someone was doing his work for him? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He, Mike Mozart.
1: Mike Mozart and he Mozart. Yeah. <laughs> I think okay. Mozart.
0: Okay. Well, like yeah. Mimo. Yeah. Okay. And, so he was doing a lot of Alex Monopoly's paintings. So yes. Alex Monopoly didn't get up. Yeah.
2: If you go to his Instagram, it literally explains the whole thing. Oh, okay.
0: Well, <laughs> he he's does. but he's yeah. but he's transparent about it.
1: No, 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 Mike. No, oh, not. Mike is, Mike I is see. pissed, yeah. and Alec was never transparent about it. And did so he that pay the Mike? Issue. He did, but it was a very small sum. But Mike also accepted it, so I think well, that he is a part of the the problem. But mm. I have had this conversation with both of you about legitimacy within the street space. And Mm -hmm. you talk about your New York upbringing a lot. Mm -hmm. And um, Thrash, you and I talk about how long someone has been on the streets and whether that kind of earns them their stripes. And it's interesting because I totally see where you both are coming from. But from an academic place or from a place of a museum curator, we don't give a shit. And that's sad because no professor is going to ask when teaching a street art course, well, how long was this person working versus how long was this person working? Mm-hmm. It's not, we not care about, about the, the length impact. of the
2: time, really. It's about like what they were doing. I mean, if you just dropped a couple of posters for six months out, like you're not a street artist and you shouldn't be saying you're one and you shouldn't be cashing in on it. I bowl a few times a year, right? I, bo- I love it. Bowling is awesome. <laughs> but I don't go around calling myself a fucking bowler. Right. And I don't make money off of bowling. I don't see how right. I actually could, but I'm just using it as an example. <laughs> like, right. you know, I mean, it just because you do something a couple times, I'm saying the quality, not even the quality, like, wh- I just feel like as a human being, I can see it. When I see it, I see it, you know? And, but- and I feel it, and it's there, and the emotion's there, the voice is there, all that stuff is there. Mm-hmm. When I look at... Mr. Brainwash or Alec or you know a handful of others like I just don't I like I'm like this is flaccid I mean this is like a flaccid penis it's just the grossest thing I've ever seen and it's I think hollow. some flaccid
0: penises are beautiful but I know what you mean
2: well like <laughs> Tom, Tom of Finland those are some beautiful flaccid penises but um, for the most part it's just it's just hollow it's just it's
0: I just understand what you're empty. saying there's there's a certain authenticity and grittiness about street art and so it should really accompany that and i understand what you're saying with well uh, doesn't
2: the value the whole premise of street art even being worth any money comes from the fact that all these guys were doing it illegally on the street that's where the whole basis of the value system
1: comes from you did stuff illegally on the streets didn't you
0: sure i got in trouble for it too yeah but you know i wasn't a great street artist i was a i was an early Adapter of graffiti. I wasn't like necessarily doing many pieces. My pieces existed in black books. You know, I was writing my name. I was trying to go all city. I was doing that. Yeah, kind of that's stuff. Like, it. Has a different. That, thing. There's the
2: qualification right there. You yeah. said it. Go all city for mm-hmm. a while, and then you come talk to me.
0: Yeah, but I was thir- you know look. I was 13 years old. I'm 68, so like like 81. You know, in or eighty, eighty one, I was trying to go all city. It was like a whole different world. But I understand what you're saying. Well, and I understand um, what your discrepancy is with.
2: Well, uh, I, the other thing is like what I see now, too, in addition to that, is that, you know, it's instantaneous. I'm Banksy. Like mm-hmm. you, they put a couple things up on the street that are purely a- aesthetically pleasing. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, put me in your gallery. Let me get a solo <laughs> show. Let me charge $10,000 a piece. What, where's
0: the, but they're not dictating that. There's, there's the establishment that's bringing them in saying, but if
2: people, if people like it enough aesthetically, they will pay the money for
0: it. Well, there you go. That's not the artist's fault. That's the, that's the gallerist or the art advisor or that, that people's fault. fault.
1: Yeah, it's a whole complicated system that inappropriately and sometimes dangerously commodifies art and glamorizes certain artists. But the conversation needs
2: to be had because there are people out there putting in real work and their work is valuable culturally. Mm -hmm. And that's important. You know, that's what's important. Not that somebody made another rendition of Marilyn Monroe and you like Marilyn Monroe, so you're going to pay them $3,000 for it.
1: Yeah, that's lazy collecting. But I also think that there is room for somebody who maybe didn't have the kind of backgrounds that we would expect or hope a street artist would have, but does something that still resonates. And isn't there value in that if the art... So let's just put the artist aside. If the art still makes a person who's buying it or looking at it feel something, I think there's room for that too. Okay,
2: cool. Then Kevin Spacey should get his jobs back because he's a fucking great actor but a shitty human being.
1: Right. Yeah. He should get
2: get his jobs back. They should put him back in the movie that they just took him out of that, um, what's his face won the Academy award for. I mean, that's right. Doesn't that make sense?
1: Yeah, no, I see how one, how one argument can lead to that. And so that's why it's really a slippery issue and why we do have to have these conversations. And to me, the answer is transparency because we've discussed the differences between Kevin Spacey and Mel Gibson.
0: And yeah.
1: I am Mel much more supportive of Mel sins. Gibson. Right, right. Because he acknowledged and in a very, in a seemingly vulnerable way, he apologized. Yeah. But Kevin and Spacey spent, has yet to. He
2: spent a lot of time paying dues back and, and atoning for what he did wrong. and. I don't know if Kevin
0: Spacey could ever atone for what he did. I think anyone, everyone. I feel like he's beyond. Everyone's
2: redeemable. Everyone's redeemable. If I well, I I feel like it because if if you know, except for like I guess maybe Hitler, but everyone has to be redeemable. You you no
0: no way. Cosby, he's not redeemable.
2: Pol Pot. I mean, I mean, there's there's nobody.
0: There's no. There's there's no way. All right. There's an.
2: There's an old. (laughs) There's an old uh, um, proverb in the Quran. That is about this king who um, was ruthless and a tyrant and murdered tons of people. And Mm -hmm. as he got older, and I'm probably not getting this right, so if you are Islamic, I apologize. But um,
0: This podcast is just offensive on so many levels.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The the premise is near the end of his life, um, he did a couple good deeds, and one of them was he saved this dog, and Allah allowed him to enter into heaven. So he was redeemed Hmm. after a lifetime of being horrible.
1: Well, I do agree with you that we should not be defined by our worst actions. But I think that with that, there has to be some recognition that your action was bad. And In Decline, for me, is a perfect example because they did bum fights in the early 2000s, which was exploitative, horrible, and by their own admission, really tone deaf. However, they have acknowledged that and they have gone on to do some really tremendously important and valuable and meaningful projects.
2: I'll just say that I agree with you. When I first saw Bump Fights, I was horrified. I was probably, I don't know, late teens at the time, and I was horrified, and all my friends were watching it and loving it. I was like, dude, how how can you guys be into this? Um, That being said, uh, they, you know, this is like, it's just so weird because if you live in middle America you know, which is basically outside of New York and LA that it's just not the same. Like I grew up with kids that are really good people and really good parents now that love those movies. So it, you know, there you learn as you get older, when you're a kid, you, sure. you know, right from wrong, but at the same time, like life is different in middle America. I know 35 year old dudes that still call each other faggot. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's on. That's the real America. But okay. these are still. They're not bad people. You just. They haven't even been. The, the whole thing is. They're not even. Mm-hmm. It's not even in their their you, uh, repertoire to know or no. They haven't even been taught yet that that's not what you, you like. You shouldn't be using that word or you shouldn't do something.
0: Do you think that people need a certification to be a street artist, like perhaps a tattoo? or something where you have a you would have to have like a board, right? <laughs> you'd have to have a board of like, you know, like some like Where's you could your be neck on, you could be on the board, <laughs> let's say Banksy, let's say Futura 2000, Zephyr, whoever. You know what I mean? Like Lee and you have a board and you have to go <laughs> through a process and you get certified and then you get a tattoo or something God where it certifies rad. you because I would, I would be way and I would be way down for that. Okay, but I'm just wondering if there you think that there should be a process in place so that You can't really go out and do that. Or you can, but you're not really acknowledged and certified. And that certification has to come with a stamp of approval (laughs) when you go to your galleries, because then you go from the street world to the gallery world, and you can't get in there without that certification.
1: The way that you say that somebody who is quoting a street art aesthetic without having proven themselves by doing illegal actions, isn't that what graffiti writers, their argument against street artists? They say, well, No, they just don't
2: like paper. They
1: don't think that. No, I, d- I think it's more than that, though, because street art is so sexy right now that it's true. Maybe you're putting yourself at risk, but I've heard a lot of people what, say, "Well, it depends
2: on what kind of risk you're talking about." Right, but they're
1: like, "Oh, posting is not thing a risk. You to will be arrested. At least in LA. It kind of, What? I've heard people say, "Well, you know, it's fine if I'm arrested because then that'll authenticate me." But with <laughs> a lot of OG graffiti writers, they've seen people die yeah. for this stuff. Get and so, shot, stabbed. Yeah, exactly. And talking to Saber, and seeing the animosity between or because it,
2: they went through real shit
1: right and, and these so guys and kind of and street street like, artists are doing because
2: well, they it's gentrification yeah so they, they here's these guys you know you in the same you're you know you were there on the ground floor that had real real risks i mean bad things happened to them right and and now i mean Oh, it's just, it's no, it's nothing like it was. And there's, there's very little risk. involved. Uh, that's not true. There's a lot of risk depends on what you do, but you know, it's, it's all, it's like, okay, these guys went through all this stuff and now they're watching people do nothing and get paid. And that can really be disheartening when you think about it, especially when the work in their minds is trash. They can't paint. They can't, you know, the the concepts are weak. and and on top of that, they can't paint at all. Or they paint it all on a piece of paper and then they go glue that paper to the side of a building on the ground floor. It's like, th- I get it, you know, like now I get it. The that's the kind of stuff didn't that I would it. do
0: these days. I would <laughs> paint yeah. it and then glue it on the side of a <laughs> Totally, door. I'll do
2: a sticker. That's my <laughs> level of risk. <laughs> <That's, laughs> <that's, laughs> yeah. That's I mean, my I, level I, that I'm going to take of risk I started out <laughs> as just straight, like, wheat pasting, you know, stencils on, wheat, on paper and then we pasting <laughs> it and stencils on the ground stuff. But now that I've ventured into different areas, I get... I their argument, and I actually side with them a lot more now.
1: Yeah, I get it too, and I think that just to kind of wrap up, because this... you
2: can't get arrested in Los Angeles putting up a poster.
1: Well, maybe not. If I don't you're care. White. You could
2: do it on the side of.
0: Yeah, I think if you you're... could do it on the side There's of a the federal discussion, building. there was a racial discussion that's deep. That is, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we've said a lot, perhaps too much, and maybe not enough <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> I think uh, if you guys don't know Thrashbird's work, I I want everybody to to know that one image, which is like the evolution of man, where it goes from a Primate. Oh, you like all, that one? Yeah, I love it. Awesome. Yeah, all the way to a bipedal hominid primate. You know, human looking at the phone and almost, almost now, gravitationally going down to the primate, which is great. like so powerful and it's so true. Because side note, I went to a chiropractor the, the other day and and they talked about how they've been seeing all these ten-year-old, eleven-year-old, twelve-year-old kids. And their spinal structure is that of a thirty and forty year old person because yeah. they've been looking down now, and you see all the kids. You see everybody doing it, but the kids now. We didn't have phones. Mm. I didn't get a phone until I was in my twenties, and they were looking at the. Yeah, I had a pager, but um, not because of anything. But other than a pager and a payphone, but uh, <laughs> I had uh, two turntables and a microphone, guys. So I, you know, now they're looking down at a phone. And I think you captured that really beautifully, where you should see. You know the evolution of man back to the really de-evolution, and where we're going now. Yeah, we're so in our devices, we're so out of body that I think it's important that you're putting out those messaging, those messages out there in the world. And I think you're doing some really important stuff, and people really should check out your stuff and some of the other artists that are that are out there uh, now doing important shit. And I know, Lizzie, you're raising your hand like a schoolgirl. <laughs> yes, you're, you're an ex. Go I'm ahead. not a
1: schoolgirl. I'm the teacher. <laughs> you are the teacher.
0: You're the you're running this show.
1: Oh, well, I just wanted to say, to kind of linchpin all of these concepts together with a final note, is that, Justin, you and I talk about the wonderful democratic nature of street art. Yes. And I think that today's conversation exposes Maybe the vulnerability of that design that with democracy comes a lot of people who are inauthentic or who are capitalizing on something that should be earned. and all that we ask is that you be a little bit more critical as a viewer and not just accept yeah. images that you see on Instagram and think, "Oh, or this or, person must yeah, be real like really think about it,
0: guys. Thank you for coming, Thrashbird. Lizzie, thank you for coming. Yeah, no You problem. had to be here anyway. so <laughs> Thank you, know.
2: you for having me. I feel like um, that went so dark that maybe we, next time I come, we could do a lighter episode. We'll do a lighter episode, <laughs> and it'll
0: get dark invariably. Okay, everybody. Peace. <laughs>